Dr. Graves, we have your disease. A one-act play by Dr. Heather Harrington. I will not have my thyroid cut out or irradiated. Absolutely not! When she was diagnosed with Graves' disease, Estelle Ross decided to take action. Soon, her research on this disorder of the thyroid gland led Estelle to the holistic doctor Barbara MacDonald, who was on sabbatical in Ireland. In search of Dr. MacDonald, Estelle finds herself back in time, all the way to the 1800s, knocking at the front door of Dr. Robert Graves' residence in Dublin. Mary, please answer the door. Charles is at the stables readying the horse and carriage for the affair this evening. Yes, sir, Dr. Graves. I know. Another commendation. I feel a curtsy coming on. Actually, they have decided to name a disease after me. Oh, I do hope that isn't Dr. Perry at the door. He is quite incensed that it won't be called Perry's disease. And what about Dr. Baysdow in Germany? He too observed the symptoms of a fast heartbeat, bulging thyroid and bulging eyes. Thyroid gone awry, just like my daughter. On the continent, it shall be known as Graves Baysdow disease. Mary, someone seems quite in need. Yes, indeed. Good day, Mum. May I help? I must see Dr. Graves. We seem to have a rush on people from the 21st century of late. Please wait, Mum. You can't go in there. They've got it all wrong, Dr. Graves. I'm sure of it. Dr. Graves, I'm so sorry. She just... I don't believe we've met. Uh, colleague of Dr. MacDonald, I presume, from the attire. Uh, you two are from the future? 2013, to be exact. I've been diagnosed with your disease. I hear Dr. MacDonald is here on sabbatical. I need someone who can steer me in the right direction. I can't bear it one more minute. I'm jumping out of my skin. As a librarian, I'm normally calm, patient, and that's all been erased. Sit down and catch your breath. <sighs> I read you were a great teacher to the medical students. You're known to have had a love of the truth. You flatter me. Quickly, your thyroid is overactive. Be cautious of your heart. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes. My heart, it aches with sadness. Yeah, that too, but I was thinking of it physically at this point. I can hear it pounding from here. What a morning. Where is he? I am Dr. Perry. The doctor is in the library. But pray tell, Doctor, what is your emergency? I wish to attend the ceremony with Graves, since I am the doctor who observed the symptoms before he did. Dr. Graves, I've told them both quite fairly. Dr. Caleb Perry? I recognize you from the newspaper clipping I found in the public library. I am heartened to hear this. I'm afraid I have been expecting you, Dr. Perry. And who's this? She is in quite a state of distress. My name is Estelle Ross. I've come for help with my disease that's been called Graves' disease for the last two centuries. As of today, I am on my way now to accept this honor. My hours are clearly posted, so come back tomorrow. In the interim, Mary can give you a cup of tea. The caring, the kindness, the first treatment in any disease, it does so much to ease. I know where you're going, Graves, and I don't like it one bit. There's nothing to be done, Perry. It's all set. Anna, Mrs. Graves. His third wife. The others died in childbirth. And our six children are waiting in the carriage for this very special night. And you, Mrs. Ross? Estelle will do. As I told Dr. Graves, I followed Dr. MacDonald here. 
Oh, Stell, how extraordinary. I am also here to shake hands with Dr. MacDonald. I'm grateful she has put me back in the journals, being one of the few doctors who reads the historical medical literature. I must gather my papers and be off. But Dr. Graves, what of the others from 2013 in the waiting room? They seem to be running out of patience. Oh, what a racket. I believe they've been waiting for Dr. MacDonald as well. Have they all been diagnosed with Graves' disease? We'll determine that tomorrow. Now, where have I put my speech? They're a shaky lot, Mrs. Ross. All upset and speaking too fast like you, if that's your meaning. Well, the diagnosis of hyperthyroidism comes when the blood shows a high count of thyroid hormones, T3 and T4. Another indicator is a very low count of thyroid-stimulating hormone, TSH, a measure from the brain, the pituitary gland to be exact. It's low because the thyroid gland doesn't need to make any more hormones. It already has too many. Oh my, is that what me daughter's insights are going on about? Dr. Graves says me Kathleen is showing symptoms of a thyroid gone kaflui. I can tell you, hyperthyroidism forces a giddy-up to the body, making the heart work too hard. But in Graves' disease, it's also that antibodies are attacking the thyroid, destroying it bit by bit. Faith and big aura. These antibodies, TRAB, standing for thyroid-stimulating receptor antibodies, have different subtypes. They measure what's going on. Could, and they, could you just say it plain? There are different antibodies that can... And they indicate the condition is not just hyperthyroidism, but that the body's immune system has gone further and turning against itself. And these antibodies can be a predictor of relapse. Outstanding. Graves, you should be taking notes. This is fascinating stuff. Uh, will you excuse me while I tell my wife to go on ahead? Perhaps, Dr. Perry, you have some information to add, meanwhile. Oh, thank you, Mrs. Ross. I am grateful you know of my thyroid research. Yes, and all you get is a footnote. Shame that. Yeah, I should sue. You are in Ireland, not America, Doctor. Mm. Graves has had 200 years of fame. Imagine, it is a bit insulting. I understand. Dr. Graves got the acknowledgement. And the mausoleum. Dr. Graves, is everything all right? Yes, Mary. I'm going to meet them there, but first, mustn't we deal with all these patients in the waiting room? They insist on seeing Dr. MacDonald as well. I'll help you counsel them, Graves, as well as Mrs. Ross. But first, we need to set the record straight. Bad business, you say, Perry. But really, I can't help what history did for me. Why look so aggrieved? You have received countless plaudits. Did not Edward Jenner in 1798 dedicate his book to you, an inquiry into the causes and effects of the varioli vaccine? Well, that's not very fair. It wasn't his own work, just a friendly nod. You spent much of your spare time collecting fossils, and those conclusions were published in 1781. Neither me, my wife, my children, nor my older brother William, the Arctic explorer, gained any pleasure or measure from it. You were also honoured, winning prizes for your sheep and your promotion of the wool industry. My credits don't end there. I was a busy general practitioner in England who found time to make original observations. I was the first to describe the cause of angina. I wrote the book, An Inquiry into the Symptoms and Causes of Syncope Anginosa. A classic text, I hear. Well done, Dr. Perry. And don't forget it was 1786 when you noted the condition of hyperthyroidism, but not until 1815 that you reported it in your medical writings entitled Elements of Pathology and Therapeutics. 
Isn't it a bit strange? An unpublished collection. Uh, until someone deemed it fit for publication in 1940. Alleluia! Mary, please, you work for me. To continue, my son Charles described my first cases in 1825. Mine was published in the London Medical Journal in 1853. 28 years later. Which brings us to your point, Mrs. Ross. Who do you think should be credited with the first description of autoimmune hyperthyroidism? Oh dear, the two doctors look ready to duel. So unusual for the kind doctor. Dear woman, is that what you want? Of course not. Dr. Perry, can you please describe your first patient? Hmm. She was thrown out of her wheelchair, coming down a hill, very frightened of course, though not much hurt. Two weeks later, I observed a swelling of her thyroid gland. I believe you only noted the association. That Miss Elizabeth S. developed hyperthyroidism following this acute stress, namely fear, associated with her fall, is intriguing. Stress and this disease entwine, there is no doubt. That I didn't elaborate is not the issue. Yes, but my implication is sound. You only noted the relationship. These things take time. I'm glad I came along when I did. I noted the time span of two weeks between a major stress and development of signs and symptoms of hyperthyroidism is consistent with the development of antithyroid antibodies. I suppose that came into view when you were rolling around in your grave. My eyes have not been closed over the prior two centuries' graves. This disease has taken my attention and I am known for taking detailed notes. I am up on all the biochemical indications of what they named your disease. Are you not? Yoo-hoo! Anybody there? <laughs> Sorry I'm late. I thought I'd get settled before attending the ceremony in your honor. Uh, Dr. MacDonald, I presume. I look forward to your modern expertise. Your patients are getting restless awaiting your return, Dr. MacDonald. And this is another, Mrs. Estelle Ross, also jittery and upset. Have you fled here, like the others, because you were afraid of the treatment of what they do in our century? Yes! I'd heard you might help me in a more natural way. Do they still take a resting pulse? Yes. Mine was over 100. Sweaty, Sweaty palms, hand tremors, hair loss, rapid pulse, atrial fibrillation, palpitations, arrhythmias, tachycardia, Emotional outbreaks, tears, depression, anger, agitation, restlessness, and most of all, grief, grief, grief. Dr. Graves, do you recognize anything they are saying? Well, yes, as a matter of fact, these very much coincide with a constellation of symptoms I observed. Go on. I saw there was a link to bereavement following the death of a loved one, a marital breakup, major financial concerns, and overwhelming grief and upset is what sets the thyroid off. And that is where we agree. And the reaction of the thyroid is to produce an excessive amount of thyroid hormone. I see you have taken it upon yourself to understand this disease, Mrs. Ross. Well, that's very commendable. But let me clarify. Graves' disease is not simply hyperthyroidism, but what we call nowadays an autoimmune condition. I already explained that to Mary. One sad symptom is the protrusion of the eyeballs, something you described, Dr. Graves. And I as well. It is worth repeating that overproduction of thyroid hormone synthesis and secretion leads to thyroid gland growth, a goiter, and later what will be called Graves' ophthalmology, or bulging eyes. 
Bulging eyes affect 30 to 50% of those diagnosed, caused by the inflammation of the eye muscles by the attacking antibodies. Ah, those antibodies. Yes. Inflammation is the key, although the trigger for Graves' autoantibodies is still unknown. The two doctors seem to believe the underlying current comes from some sort of grief. Hmm, this grief could be the trigger. A feeling of doom. Can't sleep, anxiety, muscle weakness, hunger, excessive weight loss, profuse sweating, popping eyeballs, and most of all, grief, grief, grief. Oh, that was fun. I'm starting to get your meaning. About this grief, it seems to manifest not just a sadness, but fear, rage, a terrible stress. These emotions are at the core. They feed the disease, I suppose you could say. I've also come to believe any disease has an underlying emotional cause that must be addressed. In Graves' disease, it seems to be grief. Yes, that is one of its main tenets. It could be said you both made initial observations of the first chronicled mind-body disease. Indeed. The article I wrote expresses dismay that the medical establishment, at least in America, no longer cares what Dr. Graves said or what was written. Phooey, of course they care. My name is written on medical charts, in medical journals, in solid ink, every day. So unjust. I observed it first. Oh, I'm feeling so much better. The confirmation that emotions are of such importance. I had to hear it from you, Dr. Graves. And you, Dr. Perry. At first, in my research, I was thinking more along the line of a virus or bacteria, that these may trigger antibodies that cross-react with the TSH receptor, a phenomenon of antigenic mimicry that is seen in some cases of type 1 diabetes. An agent could possibly be the bacteria Yersinia. Which we all know to be the cause of the bubonic plague. You're telling me my disease has a connection to the plague? Similarities. There is also the possibility of genetic predisposition. Isn't that true of any disease? I can't help but say this is way over my head. I'm thinking of my daughter. Heightened sensitivity of receptors to sympathetic nervous system activity, possibly mediated by increased alpha-adrenergic receptors in some tissues. Oh, dear God in heaven. I've been thinking the same. Uh, Dr. MacDonald, please explain. Perry, think about it. When you realize the extreme case of Graves' disease, bulging eyes, that these may come from increased nervous system activity with a nod from the, you say it, Perry. The adrenal glands. Exactly. And it is mm. applicable in understanding the lesser manifestations of the disease. Which most people have, like me. The bottom line is, if we take time to read the thyroid, we see the body. And the mind is telling us a story of various connections. Insulin resistance, so common in 2013, makes it a pancreatic consideration, sweetness that needs correcting. Doctors, you're getting so carried away again. Dr. Perry, can you give us the gist? In short, the emotional upset has affected the adrenal glands, the first organ reacting to stress. The pancreas gets involved, and in the end, the thyroid. But it all starts with feelings of distress. So the stress must be excised, not the thyroid. Absolutely. Did your daughter have a trauma, Mary? A terrible one. I did too, but no one wants to talk about it. As, As we, we discussed, discussed in the 1800s. And yet my colleagues in the 21st century don't seem concerned about that part of it, not in the least. But how can that be with all the data swirling around? The emotional component of the disease is never discussed with the patient. Not ever. 
That's silly. I'm sure there are some MDs that clearly see that I... None I encountered. Nor, Nor us. It happened to me when my son was killed. My sister was murdered. When my daughter wouldn't talk to me and she was about to give birth. Five years now. All terribly sad. But I think we may be getting somewhere. They seem to be settling down somewhat. Have you not had counseling? None of the doctors suggested it. I was immediately sent to have radioactive iodine. They cut it out of me. Yes. And you, Mrs. Ross? I thought I was going crazy. The hallucinations, fireworks in my brain. I fell back on the bed, my eyes rolling up to the ceiling. My friend thought I was dead. Ah, the adrenals overreacting to stress. Yes, the adrenals. It's what I've come to believe is a major part of this disease. So what went wrong? Well, we've been trained to not question our mentors, our predecessors. Are they afraid of the word holistic? It's an old Greek term for a whole view. Mind and body. Spirit, too. Hmm. No one listens. No one reads. No one cares to see. What bothers me most, that even as we speak, a patient diagnosed with Graves' disease is being cut or irradiated. I refer to that as slash and burn. We, we want, want the, the bottom, bottom line. line. Don't, Don't let, let them cut us up. Poison us with radiation, ply us with pills, we need to grieve. Resolve old psychological traumas, get them out of our system. I'm amazed the medical establishment hasn't put it all together. Too focused on treating just the physical body. Afraid of addressing the mental, the emotional, I suppose. As an Irishman, I can safely say how important that is. The pure poetry of the human condition. And yet it's been 200 years. What have they been doing? No one has listened. No one has read. No one has learned the true nature of the disease. Usually a grief. Nothing slight. Rather profound. More than rather. A catastrophic trauma. Filled with fear, sadness, and rage. We must join forces from our different centuries and stop going along with the status quo of surgery or radiation. So barbaric. So, so out of date. date. I mean, even taking the pills, the tapazole, the PTU, it's very confusing. And I don't mind taking medications for a while, but not forever. And as much as beta blockers make you feel so wonderfully relaxed, I don't want to depend on them. I need to strengthen myself, to heal my grief, to transform that sense of doom. Nutritionally speaking, iodine and other mineral deficiencies and vitamins too, as well as malabsorption, must be explored. Yeah, I read synthetic compounds can mimic or block hormones naturally found in our bodies. Heavy metals, PCBs, DDT, pesticides, solvents, and pharmaceutical agents, they weaken our immunity, cause infertility, hormonal horrors, and more. Yes. The role our toxic environment plays must not be ignored. Plastic bottles and canned goods, cosmetics, toys, and detergents all contain endocrine disruptors that poison the normal working of the thyroid gland. You know, even allergies can leave us more fragile, compounding the psychological response. I have started a list of non-invasive holistic treatments like homeopathy. My notes say homeopathic iodum, argentum nitricum, and others can have a positive effect. Herbs, hydrotherapy, nature walks, massage, breathing, peaceful breathing. The need to detoxify. Eat organic. And cleanse. And herbs like schizandra. An adaptogen which decreases stress. Specific for liver detox. Helps with heavy metals. One-stop One shopping. shopping.
Don't forget ashwagandha. It helps sleep and is a tonic for the adrenals. And is an anti-inflammatory. Helps with thyroid hormone conversion. I like lemon balm to calm down. It grows in my backyard. And let's not be shy of orgasms. A deep biochemical release. That's a bit outside my jurisdiction. But I understand the botanicals bugleweed and motherwort are good for anxiety. And then there's passiflora, valerian, latuca virosa, and many more. Meditation and yoga. Om. An hour a day keeps the endocrinologist away. Om. The bottom line is we want to be treated as a whole person. I am thrilled to be able to convey all this to me daughter. Are we all in agreement? Is there any doubt? I'd like nothing better than to reach out from the textbooks and wake up these physicians who ignore the psychological core of this disease. I promise to make sure the holistic point of view is addressed, that all that has been discussed here is seriously considered. We, we can, can do this. this. We can let go of the grief. Let go of sadness. Clean up our environment, our bodies. Transform the fear, the rage. Sing, dance, move, make sound, communicate. Get happy. Here's to your health, ladies and gents. And to your memory, Dr. Perry. We're off then. Wait for us! We're coming with you!